Good day, everyone. I am David Rizuko from Warriors Heart Ministries. And I'm Twyla Rizuko. And today we wanted to get with everybody about the love of God because it's a very important subject. And this is something that God has laid on our heart very recently to get with people on. And I would like to invite everyone to not make the same mistake I did where I would hear people talking about it and I would start getting into my own self-righteousness and misunderstanding about the entire concept of God loving us. Because if he didn't love us, then he wouldn't have sent his son for us to die in our place, in our un unrighteousness. As always, we never want to bring you our opinions. We're going to bring you the word of God, and we're going to expound upon it. And I am going to be reading from 1 John chapter 4, beginning in verse 7, and it states this. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed that the love of God has, that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. So, before Jesus came, we used to have to obey 613 laws and 10 commandments to be made right with God. And that law was our tutor to show us our need for a savior. And mankind has always tried to bargain with God, but it doesn't work that way. King David got it down to 15 laws and commandments, which were the 10 commandments and five other laws. The prophet Isaiah got it down to 10, which was simply just the Ten Commandments. And Jesus got it down to two, but really just to one. 
in Matthew 22, he, he says that this is the greatest commandment of the law, that you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength. If you love God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength, you will love your neighbor. You're not going to want to murder him. You're not going to want to steal from him. You're not going to want to lie to him. You're not going to want what he has. You're not going to want to take anything that he has that God has blessed him with. And so that's why the love of God is so very important because if we can't come to people in witnessing with the love of God, we're actually being very ineffective. Essentially, it's in First Corinthians 13, it states that if I don't have love, I can, I can have all these other gifts of the Spirit, I can speak in tongues, but if I can't speak to somebody with the love of God, I'm just making noise. So that's why this is something that's very important. It's part of the renewing of our mind is for him to bestow our love, his love in us so that we have that. 100%. And the love of God as a testimony of what we see in his own physical eyes, the love of God has transformed me. I am a living testimony. One of my main testimonies is how the love of God transformed me. I was raised in a Christian home very strict Christian home, um, got away from the Lord at the age of 16. Of course, the fear of damnation is what typically was instilled in me my entire growing up, which is 100% truth. There is a choice that we make that is going to determine where we spend eternity. But that's not what brought me back to the Father. When I see that picture of where Jesus goes and he leaves that 99 for the one, that's what he did for me. I was in total desperation. I was suicidal. I had anxiety. I weighed 83 pounds. I was hearing voices to die. I was completely hopeless and had no peace, no joy. Nothing in this world was, was giving that. It wasn't the fear of eternity that led me back to the Father. It was his love that brought me back. In the middle of the mess I was in, in the middle of turning away many times that I had felt the drawing to come back to him, you know, I would always feel like, no, I'm not ready yet, you know, because as human nature, we want to do our own thing. We want, we want to have kind of control of our own lives. So despite the many times of rejecting that drawing, he met me in my bedroom in the midst of my despair, reached down wrapped me in his loving arms and provided the peace and joy and the love that I needed that nothing else provided. And when I knew that he loved me enough that he waited with arms wide open for me to come back to him, I totally fell in love with Jesus. When you can grasp the love of God, that is what in turn 
makes you fall in love with him. And in, in that falling in love with him is what brings the transformation. It's what makes you want to surrender your life to him. It's what makes you want him to be the Lord of your life. Not just a checklist of rights and wrongs, but actually to have him Lord of your life. When he becomes Lord of your life and, and you grasp the love of God and you fall in love with him, you have this renewing in your mind. He transforms you miraculously, supernaturally, where you don't want to do the things that you used to do. You want to please the Father. It's almost like any relationship here. When you're married, when you love your spouse, when you totally are in love with your spouse, you have that connection with that person that you want to please your spouse. You don't want to hurt your spouse. You don't want to do something that is against what your spouse wants you to do. And that's like the love of the father. There is nothing better than the love of the father. He loved us enough for one, that he knew that we would never be able to uphold all the laws that was there. He knew this. So he sent his son to come and be in place of that for each and every one of us. None of us was born saved. None of us was born again into redemption. He drew us. He loved each and every one of us that he drew us into the loving father's arms. So first, he loved us enough that he came down here and died for each and every one of us. The Bible says in, in John 3, 16, for God so loved the entire world, not just me, not just you, not just David, not just whoever else is already born again. No, we, he is not a respecter of person. I'm not any more deserving of salvation or the love of the Father than somebody that is in prison, somebody that's on the street, somebody you know that's, that's living in a crap house, turning tricks. Whatever, even the murderer. I mean, Paul, look at Paul. Paul was on the way to murder Christians. And Jesus came down in person and met him right in the middle of his sin. And radically transformed his life. Where he wrote most of the New Testament. And that's an awesome testimony of God's love. If God did not love Paul, he would never have even went to him. It's what the love of God is what draws us first and foremost. Righteousness is important, but righteousness, we don't even want to be righteous and can't even be righteous without Jesus. I can't be righteous without the Father. I cannot do things unto God without him being in the center of my life. Period. The minute that I try doing things on my own, living through this, living off this checklist of right and wrong and righteousness, now I'm carrying that burden on my own understanding and my own strength, and I'm doomed to fail. Our strength comes from him and only him. And I'm going to read uh, Romans 5, and we're going to go Romans chapter 5, and we're going to read verse 8, but I'm also going to go to Romans chapter 8 after this as well. But Romans Chapter 5, verse 8 reads this. But God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners. So that neighbor that you live next to that is not living for the Lord, God still died for him. 
God still loves him just as much as he loves me because I was just as undeserving of, of Christ's love and redemption as he is at this moment. We need to have see people through the eyes of Jesus, knowing that every single person has that opportunity to come to the Father and experience the love of God. When people have a true encounter with him, it's life-changing. It's life-changing. It's through the love that God comes and demonstrates himself in such an amazing way that draws people. There's a lot of hurting people. There's a lot of broken people. There's a lot of people that have experienced trauma. There's people out there that have never really even experienced love. Dave and I have an amazing outreach ministry where we go to the prisons. We go to the men's prisons, women's prisons. We do street outreach. We go to the at-risk communities and have church. When God said to, br to bring church and him to them, that's what we do. So we see a lot of broken people that have never in experienced true love. And we are seeing the fruits of bringing the love of God to the people. We see their walls that they have built up. We see them starting to break down. We see these women that are in prison that have built up hard hearts, you know, hardcore because they have to. Um, so a lot of them, that's all that they've known. And when you see that when they are experiencing love, the love of God, that you start seeing their hearts soften. Now, when the hearts are softened with the love of God and they're really experiencing the love of Jesus and they're seeing that through us and they, their hearts begin to soften, now we can begin to speak about Jesus, the true Jesus of how to come to him, to how to be redeemed, how to be saved, and how to have true surrenders and repentance. If I just come to them and say, you're going to hell, you need to repent right now, without Jesus softening their hearts and, and, and seeds being planted and the Holy Spirit drawing them on the get-go, the Bible says that nobody can even come to the Father except the Holy Spirit drawing them. Amen. So, Going to them and condemning them on the get-go is not what's going to soften their hearts. And I know this by experience because we see the fruits of it. We see people being redeemed, set free, delivered, and saved by the love of God. Then we can begin to disciple them. Then we can begin to, to teach them of repentance. Then we're seeing deliverances take place. We see God doing true inner healing, things that that they have been holding on for years, and, and that is why they're in the situation that they're in. This is why they're in prison. This is why that they're on the streets. This is why they're drug addicted, because of things that's happened in their life, things that they've been holding on to. You have women who've been traumatized since they were childhood. So when you bring the love of God and they experience that, these people are hopeless. These people want hope. These people want an answer to the, to the problems that they've had, the hurt that they've had, the anger that they've had. They want to know, is there really a Savior? Is there really a Father who really cares about them? And we let them know, yes, if you know the heart of the Father and how much he loves you, that he cares deeply about you, that they begin to open their eyes, open their ears to hear who is the Savior you speak about? Who is this Father that I've never had on this earth? Who is this? And we begin to tell them who Jesus is. 
the, the love that Jesus has bestowed on them, and you begin to see their hearts pour out. You begin to see that those chains begin to fall off of them. They begin to have true encounters with God. And you see that they begin to change. You see that they begin to surrender their life to the Lord. You begin to see the transformation that God is having in their lives because first and foremost, the love of God has reached them. And when they have that love of God, then it just wrecks them. The love of God totally can wreck your entire world, your entire world. It wrecks you. It totally radically, supernaturally wrecks you. And you can see the transformation on these, these people's lives. When we go there, we see these women break down. And you see women coming up to the altar, and you don't even have to say a word, but because they're experiencing the love of God for the first time in their life, and that's where the true change begins to happen. And then we can begin to preach the gospel, the good news. What is the good news? The love of God is the good news. That is the good news, that God loved us enough that he came and sacrificed himself because I knew that I could never, ever, ever be enough, deserve enough to be righteous in God's eyes. None of us are. None of us. None of us have came on this earth self-righteous. It was because of Jesus Christ that I can come to the Father. And we're going to go to Romans chapter 8. Um, and we're going to read 37 through 39. So Romans chapter 8. And we're going to read 37, 38, and 39. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. None of those things can separate us from the love of God. And, and sometimes those questions get it twisted to see people who aren't born again Christians and living for Christ. I mean, like, well, well, yeah, but this and this and this. We have to remember when people are not living for Christ. They don't have the mind of Christ. We did not have the mind of Christ before we came to salvation. The Bible says that the things of the Lord are like foolishness to those who don't have the mind of Christ. When we're walking one with the Holy Spirit, then we begin to understand these things. Then we can understand about living righteous, righteously. But you're talking about people who don't have that intimate relationship with the Father, and we're expecting them to live righteous lives. That is, that, that's an oxymoron right there. They're not going to live righteously because they don't have a relationship with the Father. So this is where we need to represent Jesus Christ as a loving Father that he is. And when you represent him as he is, then people will want to know who our Savior is. They're going to want to know, who is that that you have? I see something different in you. Hey, you know what? You really are who you say you are. You really are a born-again Christian. I've never known anybody to love the way that you love. I will never be able to love the way Jesus loves. 
But I do pray, Lord, help me. Even if it's a little bit of the way that you love, I want to love others. Amen. A, a quick testimony I'd like to give. Um, one time when we were on street outreach, we had met a guy at Church's Chicken, and he was just just com- completely out, and just he had just nothing going for him. He was hungry, and we, we brought him in, and we had lunch with him, and one of the greatest compliments that anyone ever gave to me was, you guys are the real deal. And it, it will always be something that I will remember, but this isn't something that Dave and Twyla are doing because simply because we're good people. We're doing this because we love God, because he loved us first. Because like the missus said, you know, we weren't born saved. We were the very opposite. Um, a very powerful verse that, that she spoke of is a very widely known verse is John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But in verse 17, it said, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So if Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, that should be a powerful talking point to each and every one of us. Because if Jesus didn't come to condemn anyone, then neither should we. We should be looking at anyone and everyone as the way that God sees them. Amen. Amen. Because it, it's we have so many opportunities. Like people should not be our problem. We should we should always be viewing people as opportunities. One of our favorite slogans that God gave to us is that everywhere we go is a mission field and that literally means everywhere not just when you're going on missions not when you're just going on to church not when you're just going to outreach but everywhere you go to the grocery store to the gas station to work on the way home from work to the gym if 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 you're into fitness or when you go to the movie theaters or you go to the shopping mall everywhere you go is a mission field because there are people and there are people who don't know him. Maybe he's been misrepresented by people. I'll be honest, for the majority of my life, he was very, Jesus was very much misrepresented. I, I saw a lot of condemnation. Um, I saw a lot of people wanting to point out my shortcomings and, and condemning me to hell, but tell me something I didn't know at that time. And when he came and found me where I was in the midst of all my trash, he did that because he loves me that much. And he's given me a new mind. He's given me infinite chances. And he's made me a new creation. And he's, he has adopted me into his kingdom. And we really have a revelation that the kingdom of God does not as much apply to the realm of heaven as the kingdom of God is here. It is it is the, the the power of Christ and the Holy Spirit that is here that is available to us in this in this life, in this existence, in this realm. And oftentimes, you know, um, I know I spoke about it earlier about, you know, um, people want to say that, oh, God is love, 
that message is just watering down the gospel, but it's really not. That's where it begins. And when a father loves his children, like it speaks in, in Hebrews 12 and 5, when a father loves his children, he will chasten them. He, he will scourge them or discipline them because, believe me, we all have things that we need to work on. If we ever believe that we have arrived or that we are at a certain level of righteousness or, or right standing with God, we're not in a good place. We, we should always be humble before him and we should always be willing to accept correction and know that we always need to grow. Totally agree. And another thing that God had almost like peeling back different layers uh, of a, a point of view that I had. And God had been showing me that we can love people and still stand for righteousness. I promise you, you can. I promise Amen. you, you can love people like God loves people and still stand for righteousness. Nobody is telling you that when you go love somebody without strings attached, that that means that you're okay with their sin or that you're going to participate. I don't participate in their sin, and I'm not saying that their sin is right, but I can still love them as God loves them. Um, and I'm trying to remember where that scripture is. Do you remember what that scripture is where it says, well, it's easy to love the people, you know, that are doing what you want them to do or, you know, people in your circle, per se. I'm kind of paraphrasing it. But can you love your enemy? Can you love the person that maybe isn't living a life that you feel or maybe it's against you or maybe it's total opposite? You should. God says we are supposed to love our enemy. It's just like us Christians, if we have a loved one, let's say our child. Okay, it is is away from the Lord, not doing, you know, not living for Christ, maybe maybe not living a righteous life. Does that mean you stop loving your child? Are you not going to show love, unconditional love on them? Maybe you don't agree with their lifestyle. You're not saying you're participating, but are you still not going to love them? That's how we should be with every single person. You can love like Jesus loved. And it does not mean that you're not standing for righteousness. I still stand for righteousness. I know what the word of God says. I stand on the word of God. I preach the word of God. But I'm going to do it in a way of the love of God. Um, because without that, then all I'm doing is just viewing all these views and things without. It's kind of like strings attached to it. And I'm going to come and I'm going to show you that I love you and I'm going to show that I care about you. But there's always a but in there with so many, so many believers. But only if you go to my church or only if um, you become a follower of Christ, we don't even get to dictate that. We need to remember that none of us draw people to salvation. We are a tool that he uses. We can plant seeds. We can, we can teach the word of God. We can lead people to Jesus. But ultimately, without the Holy Spirit, they cannot come to Christ anyways. The Holy Spirit does the work. He's going to do a way better job than I can ever do of cleaning somebody up and bringing someone to, to salvation. He is going to do a better job. I can love somebody to Christ and then God has to do the work. 
But this is where discipleship comes in. But to put stipulations, not once did I ever read, ever, ever, in the Gospels, well, Jesus had stipulations to the love that he bestowed on people. He went around cities and he healed. It said he healed people. Um, he uh, set people free from demonic. He rose people from the dead. And of course, he preached about the kingdom of God. But never once did he say that there were stipulations or conditions to the love that he bestowed on the people, the healings that he performed, the deliverances that he performed. There should not be stipulations for us Christians on loving the people around us. Let God do the work in people because that's going to be what is effective. Me going and tell somebody to change, go change. You need to stop doing this. You need to stop doing that. Well, then now I'm trying to, to put that pressure on them for them to try to change their ways by their own strength. I'm dooming them for failure. Because we can't do anything on our own strength and our own understanding. It is only with Christ's help and his strength are we even able to do all those things. So we should always love no matter what. Show love because that's what Jesus told us to do. And there should not be stipulations to it. You can still stand on the word of God, but still show the love of God to people. What's going Amen. To so the scripture that Twyla spoke of is from Luke 6 and 27, and it's in red letters, which means Jesus is speaking and we can't get out of it. So 627 says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. So again, Jesus' coming in his existence changed everything because the Old Testament law spoke of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Um, That left everyone blind and toothless. So, Jesus, when you think of the mind that the world is trained up with, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because we're like, oh, man, I'm not going to let him do that to me. And that's not what Jesus is saying for us to do. He is saying, don't think like the world thinks. There, there's a way that seems right to a man, but that's not the way that he's wanting us to go. You can't ever go with what the world has trained us up with. And again, never... Just accept what we're saying. Check out the word of God for yourself. Pray for yourself. Get revelations for yourself. And and please read your Bible. This is this is a very important. This is this is our love letter and instruction manual from God. It's it's important for us to know it so that way we have we know where in the manual it says what to do about this or what to fix about that, or what to change about this. So it's very important for us to do that. And I want to read, um, go into one more scripture before we kind of close out and sum it up. But this is going to be in in Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to read uh, verse 4 and 5. So Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, 
even, again, this speaks hand in hand with the other scriptures in Romans. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. So how was any of us saved? Was it by our own doing? No, it's by grace that you have been saved. So it was by grace of Christ, his mercy and his love is by how any of us can come to the father anyways. So what we're trying to sum up and tell you is the love of God is powerful. The love of God is the, is the main focus of our salvation, of why he came and how important it is when you can grasp the love of God. Like Dave said, then our main law, per se, is to love God. And then everything else falls into place. But to love God, you have to encounter the love of God. Like I said in my testimony, it made me fall in love with him to know much how much that he loved me. I'm like, how could I not fall in love with a father who loved me enough despite my failures, still cared about me, still waited for me with arms wide open. And so I made him the Lord of my life. And that's what Dave and I go out and we minister we want people to have a true encounter, love of God, so that it's transforming, so that they see who the Father truly is, that they surrender their lives to him and make Jesus Lord of their life. Not just words, not just a prayer, but Lord of their life. And that is our main mission field. Amen. So if you have been lonely, if you have felt like, nobody cares about you, that nobody loves you. Maybe you have been walking with God, but you've never really grasped the importance of the love of God. Today is a day that we want you to grasp the love of God is unconditional. And he is there with arms wide open for you, for me, and for every single person. It is life transforming, life transforming. And he is the one who will bring repentance and salvation. Any last words, Dave? So we want to thank everyone for giving us a hearing. We appreciate you. We love you. And um, check out our website if you like. Again, we have a, a, a very great outreach ministry that God has blessed us with in the Tampa Bay area. Again, we are Warriors Heart Ministries, and um, I'm just going to pray us out. And don't ever doubt that God loves you. Our, our website is warriorsheartministry.org. Yep. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy, and we thank you for your love. And we thank you for everything that you do, even the things that we don't even realize, just the things that just that we always take for granted. And we thank you for loving us even in the midst of our mess, even when we're doing wrong, Father God. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for your infinite patience that you have for each and every one of us, Father God. And we thank you that you love us enough that you sent Jesus for us, that you sent your only begotten son to die on the cross, who died 
a miserable, grueling death for not just for the ones who came to believe in him, but for all of us, everyone who was alive then, everyone who has been alive and passed away since then, everyone who is alive now and everyone who is yet to even be born, that he came for each and every person. And we thank you for that, Father God. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your word. And we thank you for everything that you do for us. And just give each and every one of us a personal revelation of yourself that we understand that you do love us and help us to to love you so that we can love our neighbors and become children into your kingdom father god and we thank you for that and in the name of jesus yes. amen amen god bless you all and have a great day the potter I'm the clay I surrender lead and guide me every day take my life as a sacrifice it's your great love that satisfies Grow deeper. I want to grow deeper.